nation, the God of our salvation, set us free. Death, where is thy sting? The curse of sin is broken. The empty tomb stands open. Come and see. He's alive, alive, alive. Hallelujah, alive. Praise and glory to the Lamb. Alive, alive, alive. Hallelujah, alive. Forever, amen. Let my heart sing out.
Good morning, church. Welcome. We're going to begin our time of worship, as is our custom, reading God's Word and encouraging each other with God's Word out loud to each other. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to read from Deuteronomy 16, verse 11 and 12. We're going to read this aloud together. Let's read it. Rejoice before the Lord your God in the name where chooses to have his name dwell. You, your son and daughter, your male and female slave, the Levite within your city gates, as well as the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow among you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, we gathered together to remember, uh, as the Israelites were called to remember, we gathered together to remember and to rejoice in what God has done for us this morning. Let's do that together. Come and stand before your Maker, full of wonder, full of fear. Come behold His power and glory, yet with confidence draw near. For the One who holds the heavens and commands the stars above is the God who bends to bless us with an unrelenting love. Rejoice! Come and lift your hands and Worthy of all praise, rejoice, sing the mercies of your King, and with trembling, rejoice. We are children of the promise, the beloved of the Lord, one with everlasting kindness, one with sacrificial blood. Bringing reconciliation to a world that longs to know The affections of a Father who will never let them go Rejoice! Come and lift your hands and raise your voice He is worthy of all praise Rejoice! Sing the mercies of your King and with trembling rejoice. All our sickness, all our sorrows, Jesus carried up the hill. He has walked this path before us, He is walking with us still. Turning tragedy to triumph, turning agony to praise, there is blessing in the battle, so take heart and stand amazed. Rejoice! When you cry to Him, He hears your voice. He will wipe away your tears. Rejoice! In the midst of suffering, He will help you sing. Rejoice! Come and lift your hands and raise your voice. He is worthy of all praise. Rejoice! Sing the mercies of your King and with trembling rejoice. Amen. 
Let's continue singing together. <clears throat> Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. spirit of light who has shown us our Savior and scattered our night hallelujah thine the glory hallelujah amen hallelujah thine the glory revive us Come on up, and I appreciate all of y'all 
that have been, as well as Jake. Jake, if you don't mind coming up. Uh, Jake and I had the privilege and really honor of taking these fine young men. It's not that we didn't want any ladies with us, but um, there were other things that, that conflicted with this week. Therefore, it was just this group of middle schoolers. And God has really just, just worked in their lives, not only before, but during camp. And it was just great to, um, to see them grow individually. And uh, we even had a student with a profession of faith um, this week. So, again, nothing of us, right? All the glory to God uh, for this great feat. Uh, there's our full group. I know that's not all of us here, but uh, we did have a visitor from another church come with our group, as well as others that couldn't be with us this morning. So thank you for those that have been praying this week. Uh, we could definitely feel your prayers, and um, we look forward to next year's camp. Had a great time. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, group. So, so cool. So, so cool what's going on. Well, good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. For some of us, that might look like entering into a relationship with God. For others, it might look like being baptized or joining a local church. Wherever we are, we want to encourage all of us to take our next steps toward Christ. My name's Alan, and it is so great to join with you all in worship today. What a great, great day it is today. If you are a guest with us here today, we're so glad that you are here. Welcome. We love to get to know you, and one way that we can do that is through a Connect card. This is a Connect card. There's one sitting in front of you. If you would like, you can pull this out and fill this out. This will let us know how we can be praying for you and serving you. And then after service, if you want, you can exit through these central doors, turn left. There you'll see our Next Steps desk. There at that Next Steps desk, you can meet someone who would be happy to answer any questions that you may have about our church. <clears throat> you can turn in this card there and receive a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We are so, so very glad that you are here. As always, we like to encourage worship through giving. If you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. One of those is by using an online giving card. This card is also in the seat in front of you. You can scan this QR code here with your phone. That'll take you to our online giving page. If you prefer to give in person, there are black boxes on the back of the, of the room here. You can drop a gift in. You can also write to P.O. Box 92, Hebron, Kentucky, 40148. Or you can drop into the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to 4.30, or Friday, 9 to noon. Well, we're going to go ahead and pray together now, so I invite you to please pray with me. Good morning, Father. Lord, what a great day you've given to us today to come and worship you, and you are worthy of our worship. We thank you, Lord, for this day, for this moment, for this opportunity to come and bow before you. And Lord, this morning, we lift up to you our church's core value of urgent evangelism. Lord, we have seen your love for us. You have loved us with such passion and such pursuit, calling our hearts to yourself, calling our hearts to the cross where you sacrificed your own son for us. And Lord, we ask that you would let our hearts be more and more in line with yours, that you would give us a passion to urgently share your love with those around us, we ask that you would use us as your hands and feet, even this week, that you would put people in our lives that we can develop a relationship with and share your amazing love with, that you would bring healing and you would bring hope 
through the gospel of Jesus to those around us in our local neighborhoods and that you would use us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you've done for us. Please use us. And with that in mind, Lord, we, we pray for our upcoming Vacation Bible School. We thank you for this awesome opportunity to share your amazing love with lots of little kids, both those who are already in our church and many who are not in our church who would come and hear of your good news. We pray that you would use that as an opportunity for your seeds to be planted in little hearts and that you would flourish the faith of these little ones, that they would come to know you as Savior. Lord, we, we praise you for what Kyle Holbrook shared this morning, for what you are doing in the lives of our youth. Thank you, Father. We ask that you would continue to work in the hearts of our youth and that the faith that, was, uh, that, that came about this past week and that was encouraged this week would be that of a lifetime, that you would grow in the hearts of our youth throughout their whole life. Father, we lift up to you not only ourselves and our local church here this morning, but we pray for our brothers and sisters in the Richard family, Chris and Rhonda, Hannah and Kenley. Thank you for this amazing family who's gone out from our midst to be IMB missionaries, and we thank you for what you are doing through them. Thank you for bringing them safely to Argentina. And we pray that you would bless them, bless them as they're putting together a strategy of prayer for their area. Please use them that churches might be planted, that fruit would be born for the gospel. We pray for Hannah and Kinley with all the changes going on in their lives, a new school, new friends. Please bless this family and use them that many would come to know you as Savior. Lord, also thinking internationally, our hearts go out to those experiencing conflict in Ukraine and Russia. Lord, we pray that you would bring peace. We pray for the government leaders, that you would cause their hearts to be wise, that you would bring peace, that you would stop war. We pray that you would be with those who have already experienced loss and trauma, that they would come to you, Jesus, that they would experience hope and rest and healing in you. We pray for believers in Ukraine who are suffering. We pray you provide for the needs of your people and strengthen their faith. And we pray that even in this dark situation, that your gospel would shine bright and that many would come to know you as Savior. Finally, Lord, we come to you this morning as a broken people in need of a Savior. We have all sinned before you, and we come to you now in a moment of confession to the only place that we can find forgiveness and healing, to the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive us for the sins that we've committed. Lord, forgive us for the times we've been selfish, thinking of ourselves above others, Forgive us, Lord, for our pride. Forgive us for our lust. Forgive us for unhealthy habits and so many more sins, Lord. We cast all these upon you, our great Savior. We thank you for the sacrifice you made in our place, that you, the perfect Holy One, would take our place and experience shame and wrath for us and break the power of death. Thank you for this amazing gift, and we receive this, Lord. We receive your forgiveness and life, and we continue to worship you for all you are doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And the good news for those who are in Christ is as, as, as we confess our sins, even while we were still dead in our trespasses and sins, Christ died for us. And his grace is amazing, and it is wonderful, and it is a comfort to know that even as we continue to struggle against sin, it, his grace is greater than our sin. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and sing that together.
up the heavens we want to see you open up the floodgates the mighty river flowing from your heart filling every part of our praise open up the heavens we want to see you open up the floodgates a mighty river flowing from your heart filling every part of our praise let's pray this show us show us your glory show us show us your power show us Show us your glory, Lord. Show us your glory, Lord. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Amen. Amen. And thank you for singing. You may be seated. Welcome to Hebrew Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Sean. If you turn in your copy of God's Word or on your devices to Isaiah chapter 6, if you'd like to follow along in the translation that I'll be reading from, it's page 671. 671. I just want to just think that we should have a thanksgiving to the Lord for what God has been doing the last few months here at Hebrew Baptist Church. We've had three baptisms. We had a, one of our youth profess Christ at camp. And uh, man, what a special day that Linda Davis is here with us today. Praise God for that, right? God is healing. We've seen God heal people that we can't even imagine. Only God did that, right? And so we're thankful uh, for what God is doing in our midst. Well, Today we're going to be looking at a passage that you've probably heard, you've probably maybe read, it's quoted, there's songs about it, but I just challenge you today to look at it in a fresh because we cannot help but think about what God has done in our midst 
uh, other than what that that God himself is the one doing it and that we need to stop and get a fresh vision of God and today as we look at Isaiah beginning his ministry he gets to see God and today as we read from scripture we get to see his account and my prayer is that by seeing God rightly God will change us forever so let's read beginning in chapter 6 and we'll read to verse 8 in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne and the hem of his robe filled the temple seraphim were standing above him and each had six wings with two they covered their faces with two they covered their feet and with two they flew and one called to another holy 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 is the lord of armies his glory fills the whole earth the foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices and the temple was filled with smoke then i said woe is me i am ruined because i am a man of unclean lips and i live among a people of unclean lips and because my eyes have seen the king the lord of armies then one of the seraphim flew to me and in his hand was a glowing coal that had been taken from the altar with tongs he touched my mouth with it and said now that this has touched your lips your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for then i heard the voice of the lord asking who should i send who will go for us i said here i am send me heavenly father we ask as we read these words that we would regain a a new vision of your holiness and majesty that would change our lives that lord we would never be the same again we ask this in jesus name amen 16 years ago in five days i saw something that would change me forever i stood at the bottom of a road just like this one and the doors were opened and the most beautiful angelic princess walked down the aisle to me and y'all i cried a lot because in that moment i knew that a gift from the lord was being given to me and in that moment my life changed because i knew that no matter what in sickness and health till death do us part i was going to get to live with her for the, all my days and that vision changed my life and i was never the same again in the same way when we see god for who he is and what he has done for us our lives are changed forever chuck colson who was the hatchet man in the nixon administration and watergate in 1973 had seen enough of god and his desperate need for him that he was driven irresistibly 
to call out for salvation to the Lord. But he notes in his book that it was through the teaching of a famous theologian, R.C. Sproul actually, he was going through his holiness of God teaching and through the video five or six, he said that he gained a completely new understanding of the holy God and that he fell to his knees in praise because he wanted to taste the majesty of God. He had a new desire, a new taste to want to know more about God, to know more of his holiness, to know how he, in the same way, could be changed to be like him. It is in this tasting of the majesty of God, his life changed forever. We know that his impact of the prison ministry fellowship changed the world and has changed lives from someone convicted to be an enemy of the state to be someone being a tool used for God. Well, friends, this doesn't just happen to famous people. It happens to normal people. It happens to all of us who gaze upon the wonder of God, who see who he is and see how he has come to us through Christ Jesus, that we are changed forever. What drove William Carey to India? It was the majesty of God. What drove Hudson Taylor to China or Adoniram Judson to Burma? or Lottie Moon to China. It was the majesty of God, His holiness, and that his, them, Him dealing with us in mercy through Jesus Christ, that they could not see or sense the world being without knowing about this wonderful God. And a vision of God that's so great that they saw this wonderment of God that people should not be separated from it. Have you seen enough of God's majesty and holiness to have an incredible taste for his majesty? You see, revival happens when we see God's majestic holiness, that we see ourselves as disobedient dust, that we see our brokenness, our repentance, our unspeakable joy of forgiveness, that this taste for magnificence of God becomes a hunger for his holiness. And the more we see it, the more we live it. And that's revival. And it comes for seeing God for who he is. And in this text today, we read about Isaiah's account of where he was supernaturally able to see God, to experience God, to be transported to see God in his majesty. And my hope in the same way that we see and experience the majesty of God, that we would never be the same again. That we would taste and see and want more that would drive us to holiness, drive us to live for God, drive us to find and tell others about him, just in the same way that it did for Isaiah. And that as we see God and thirst for him and see the cross of Christ, that we go on mission for him. So let us see four things. One, God is more holy than we can comprehend. God is more holy than we can comprehend. If you're taking notes on your phone or the bulletin, God is more holy than we can comprehend. 
In verse 1 through 4, we see that Isaiah sets the, the stage. He got to see the Lord seated in his full majesty on display as God is. Now, we know that Jesus said that no one has truly seen God, and we believe that in this vision, God, that, that Isaiah did not experience the fullness, but the vision allowed him to see how majestic and wondrous and holy and amazing God truly is. It truly helped to see who God was in his character. That he is sovereign. He is, he is above us in so many ways that we can't comprehend it. That one, he was seated high. That he was up above. That he was sovereign over all things. That the, trobe, the train of his robe filled the temple with majesty, showing that his, his all-encompassing nature had nothing that it could not touch. But ultimately, what do we see as the defining character of God in the midst of this vision is the holiness of God that we got to see a glimpse and Isaiah got to see a glimpse of how holy God truly is that we could not truly fully comprehend it says smoke filled the room. It reminds us that even in that vision that the smoke was guarding God from truly being visible because of his holiness and Isaiah's sinfulness. That, that the heavenly creatures, the seraphim, that, that danced and flew around him. That, that even their bodies were made in a way to protect them and to show reverence to the holiness of God that he they had six wings and two that covered their faces so that they might not look fully on the holiness of God that two covered their feet showing obedience and lowliness their feet were covered but it's in the song they sang holy 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 that we see the true character of God on display this was not just a, a repetition for repetition's sake. We know that in Hebrew, that repetition was to emphasize. But in this repetition, its emphasis was not holy plus holy plus holy, like one plus one plus one. Instead, it is perfection times perfection times perfection. The holiness of God distinguishes him absolutely from anything else that the universe, the heavens could contain. That God was even further above even the angelic creatures that his holiness was above them. The Bible tells us of this. It speaks of his wondrous mercy and holiness. Psalm 29 two, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, the worship of the Lord and the splendor of his holiness. It talks, the scriptures talk of the majesty of his holiness. In Exodus 15, 11, Lord, who is like you among the gods? Who is like you? Glorious in holiness, revered with praises, performing wondrous works. This incomparability of God's holiness is something should hit us. To help us understand that God cannot have any sin about him. 
that his character is against all sin and evil, that God's character is one that is far above ours, and his holiness, his attributes, his works, his ways, he is not just holy, he is holy, holy, holy. And each word boosting the other exponentially, he is not like us. He's in a different category. A.W. Tozer wrote this, we must not think of God as highest in an ascending order of beings, starting with a single cell and going on up to a fish or a bird or an animal or to a man, to an angel, to cherub, to God. God is as high above an archangel as above a caterpillar, for the gulf that separates the archangel from the caterpillar is but finite, while the gulf between God and the archangel is infinite. Brother, sister, when was the last time that you stopped in an amazement, considered the never-ending reaches of a holy God? That you in amazement paused and thought that you have just the privilege to know of a God who does not need to let us be known, by the way, but instead, we have seen a corner of a corner of the character of a God who is amazing. That we should be in awe of him and to know that this God truly deserves every praise due to him. And if we understand that he is far above us, then number two, we realize that we are more sinful than we can imagine. We are more sinful than we can imagine. In verse 5, what happens? Isaiah sees for himself to the holiness of God on display, that he saw himself rightfully, that all he could say is, woe is me, woe is me. May I be stricken and dead. Because I have unclean lips. Isaiah repented knowing that he dare not even speak, that he dare not even deserve to be there, not even the prophet, because he is from sinfulness. He is from imperfection, that he is amongst a people of imperfection, that his lips could not even speak of God. Imagine if I was to compare myself to Parker and my height and wanting to be and make much of myself, here comes little Parker toddling and teetering along, barely raising up to my kneecap. And I could think of myself, oh, look at me, how, what a tall, strong person I am. And then walks along Shaquille O'Neal. And he comes towering above me, beast and all. And I look up and I realize I'm average at best. You see, when we really have something to compare ourselves to, we see ourselves more clearly. And most often, when we look at our sinfulness, we are looking 
at already imperfect comparisons. We look at our sin looking at the world or looking at the person down the street or looking at our neighbor or looking at our life group member and we think to ourselves, eh, I'm doing pretty good. I've probably got a passing grade here. My sin's not too bad. But oh, when we look and compare to a holy God, we see our sinfulness is gross. It is devastating. It is great compared to a holy God. And often we minimize our sin, minimize our stature, minimize who we are because we compare ourselves to others and not to holy God. Our comparison is wrong and we don't see who we truly are. And when we are dealing with our sin, brothers and sisters, we should be looking not at our, just at our offense to each other, but our offense to a holy, incomparable God. And R.C. Sproul observed, when we understand the character of God, when we grasp something in His holiness, then we begin to understand the radical character of our sin and hopelessness. Brothers and sisters, how often do we grasp our sin because we look at others and find ourselves adequate? This, what we should do as Christians, knowing this grand character of God, it should drive us to repentance quickly. And often, every day, to know our sin, to own our sin, to repent of it, and that we should ask God for forgiveness and ask others to help us flee from it. We must see our sin not in comparison to human standard, but to the holy God standard that it truly is. And if we do, we realize that we truly need an alien forgiveness, an alien payment, an alien salvation, not in of ourselves that can attain it, but something from God for us. Because when we see what we are before God, we know that we could never repay the depths of our sin. But thanks be to God that even in this vision, we see number three, God makes provision for forgiveness. That God makes provision for forgiveness. In verse six and seven, God instructs a seraph to peel off from his flight path, diving straight towards Isaiah, that he takes a burning coal from the altar. Really amazing that seraph actually means burning one. So a burning one takes a burning coal to come to Isaiah. He took this coal with tongs because it's a holy thing. And why it's important is because it comes from the altar where it was instructed that the place of sacrifice, atonement, and forgiveness took place. 
Leviticus 17.11 instructs, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed it so that you would make atonement, an altar for your lives, since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. As God has all throughout history done something that we don't deserve. God has made atonement for our sin. God had placed the sacrificial system so that sins could be atoned for. And in this vision, Isaiah's sin was atoned for from this holy call of heavenly atonement and forgiveness. And notice the effect that it has, that when it comes to his lips, that the whole thing changed. God in his majesty, the smoke separating, everything was afar, but Isaiah was atoned for, and then God spoke, and Isaiah heard. The effect of God's forgiveness is whole and cleansing. And what we must see in, in this is that God himself did all the work. God directed Seraph. God in his majesty gave forgiveness to Isaiah. God through history is atoning his people. God knew that we need forgiveness of our sin. And as we read the whole Bible, the burning coal symbolizes the ultimate finished work of Christ on the cross who he himself gave his lifeblood on the cross as a sacrifice for our sin. A perfect man was slain for imperfect people. And his dying love is the only power that can awaken people as dead as we are. He came to the Holy, through the Holy Spirit and says to us even today just as he said to Isaiah your guilt is taken away your sin is atoned for welcome to the overwhelming delight of my presence when the magnitude of that grace touches Isaiah he is awakened to live for God brother and sister when the atoning work of Christ overwhelms us and our sin, then we give our life for God. It is that work of God providing forgiveness that reminds us that he is still holy, that we are still sinful, yet God's mercy takes hold. And number four, he sent his messenger with a message of despair and hope. With despair and hope. This next act in the heavenly drama changed Isaiah's life forever. The Lord calls out, who should I send? Who will go out for us? Brother and sister, even in this one snapshot, we see the perfect triune God revealing himself known. Only God, 
Only the true God could flip that way. Who shall I send? Who will go out for us? Does it even make sense? God wanted to send a messenger to his people. And Isaiah, seeing the holiness of God, seeing the immense nature of his sin, receiving the perfect mercy and grace of God, responded in the only way that we should respond. Here I am, Lord. Send me. The mercy I receive, I will go wherever you want me to go. I will say whatever you want me to say. I will do whatever you want me to do. Notice Isaiah didn't even know what the message was going to be. He didn't know what the task was going to be. And let's find out that he probably should have asked before he said yes. But this is the perfect response to a holy God who forgives. Our yes should always be on the table to him. Our yes should always be before a loving God. What was the task? Verse 9. And he replied, Go, say to these people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Make the minds of these people dull, deafen their ears, and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their minds, and turn back and be healed. Then I said, Until when, Lord? And he replied, until cities lie in ruins without habitants, houses without people, the land is ruined and desolate, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. And though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again, like the terebinth or the oak that leaves a stump when felled, the holy seed is a stump. Boy. Isaiah probably should have asked that message first, huh? God, you want me to go take a message that everybody's going to reject? That everyone is, you want them to not really understand this? God, you really want me to tell them something that they're going to turn away from? Well, this strange mission and strange message would later save generations. Because God's message was, I will harden hearts and people will truly see who I really am. Some would say, well, why would we do this? Well, these verses are quoted actually at least five times in the New Testament. This may be Isaiah's most frequently quoted verse. Why? Because the Christians, early Christians, saw it meaningful because the young Christian movement was bitterly opposed for its gospel of grace and explanation of the resurrection of Christ. And they were being hounded from every corner. But they knew this was part of God's mission to extend the gospel of grace to the end of the world. John chapter 12, it says, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke about him. Nevertheless, many did believe in him, even among the rulers. 
But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. So they would not be banned from the synagogue for they loved human praise more than praise from God. Isn't that still our mission today? That it's led with a promise that God is still going to save. He's going to save a remnant. He is still going to change hearts. He's still going to bring lives to him. But in the midst of it, we know there's going to be a lot of rejection. The question for us as Christians is are we going to love the praise of people more than we love the praise of God? Because we have a bold witness to proclaim that of a holy God, that of a sinful people, that of a resurrected Christ, and that he is the only way. That message will be rejected. But in it, we know we can share it because God has sent us, God is saving, and we can be part of his saving the world. Some of us must also remind ourselves that every time you hear the word of God preached, you come away from that exposure either a little closer to God or a little further from him either more softened to the things of God or rejecting the things of God. Either more softened or more hardened, but you're never the same. You either hear of God and his word and say, yes, Lord, amen, may it be so. Or we'll see about that, God. I don't know about that. Some of you might even say that, well, if God would just perform a miracle to show me his way. Brothers and sisters, Jesus was performing miracles every other day and people still rejected him. The reality is we must trust in God who is hardening and softening. But that is our call, to call and go. Paul saw our mission in 2 Corinthians this way for to God we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the same we are aroma of death leading to death but to the others the aroma of life leading to life who is adequate for these things for we do not market the word of God for profit like so many on the contrary we speak with sincerity in Christ as from God and before God. This message is hard, but it is hopeful. What was the last promise that God gave? That there will be destruction until a tenth remains, that a stump remains. The holy seed is the stump. Isaiah concludes with assurance that God's grace is coming, that he will preserve the living of those who are trusting in him through his Messiah, through Christ. Spiritual life will survive in one last stump from a little shoot will eventually sprout. That Isaiah foretells in Isaiah 11:9, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ came. 
atoning for our sin. And with this message of Jesus, this stump, we prevail, we persevere, we continue, we go just as Isaiah goes. God was finished with Isaiah's generation, but they did not defeat salvation. Jesus did come, and his grace is still remaking the whole world. As we think of this magnificent view of God, we cannot help but see our part in it. And this is what we will celebrate today at the Lord's table, that God would even look upon us is amazing, that God had provided a new way for us through his son so that a remnant will be saved through Jesus Christ that he gave of himself gave of his blood to form a new covenant that this grace that we did not deserve as we gather at the Lord's table we should see a holy God who we have no business being part of but grace has brought us near grace has brought us to the table Grace has brought us there through his son, Jesus Christ, at a great cost and a great sacrifice. And to you who are far from God here today, maybe you have been invited from someone else or maybe you're watching at home, see God for who he is. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you even reject Christ. But I hope that you see that you will stand before a holy God who will one day judge. And in this everlasting judgment, he has still provided a way to forgive your sin. And today, you can place your faith and trust in him. And that you, instead of being separated, can be brought near that the grace given from, through Jesus Christ can be yours if you repent of your sin and trust and accept the grace of God. Today, we have the right view of God if we see him. In his holiness, sets all things in the right order. And when we receive his grace, may we go and tell of this excellent grace. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this vision of heaven and vision of your Son, the, the love and mercy that we receive, but it all comes from a holy God who we do not deserve. So Heavenly Father, we come to you today knowing who we are, knowing that we need you, and knowing that we need your Son. May we in the same way take count for our sin, but God, may we now live for you. There is no other response than receiving your grace, than being obedient to you. May we go in, in your name, Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's respond in singing and in faith.
Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in, now I surrender. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Out of the top of my lungs, shine your light. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Say. He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose.
rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world sing. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world sing. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Amen. You may be seated. A couple of quick announcements before we close out our online viewers, uh, before we go to the Lord's Supper. A couple quick things. Uh, today, to live out our text today, to go and uh, tell the world uh, about uh, the Lord and His mercy today at 4 o'clock, Gospel to Every Home. We hope that you come. If you've never been before, don't you worry. We'll, we'll walk you through it. You'll have somebody that, that can walk with you. We need men, women. We need uh, everyone. So we hope you come at 4 o'clock today, Gospel to Every Home. Speaking of that, also, Vacation Bible School is a way that we proclaim Jesus to children in our area. And so we have the wonderful opportunity, Vacation Bible School, we'll have 150 to 200 kids here. And we need five guys. We're down to five. Uh, so I will appreciate it that those of you who have not volunteered to go out and do that on your way out. As I said last week, uh, um, we, we need you because this is, this is a... Uh, the God is someone who just walks around with uh, kids from station to station. You get to know them a little bit. You get to encourage them in the Lord, build a relationship, invite them to church. I know from my wife, Sarah, she had, I think, two or three uh, kids from her group as she had built relationship with them and, and their moms and dads who were coming to invite them to church that following Sunday. And so that's an important role. So they hope that you do that. And as I said, if, if Miss Wanda's going to come, I think you can come, right? Okay, so you come and be part of Vacation Bible School and be part of, of what God's doing. Uh, also, reminder, outside on the, the desk across the hall, uh, we're having a book club this summer. Uh, it's this, a book, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart for Christ for Sinners and Suffers. Uh, we showed a little video about that uh, last week. Uh, also, in your bulletin is a schedule. It should explain uh, uh, how and what amount that you need to have read for each session. Um, you will begin reading June 6th, or you can start reading today if you want. Uh, so, Oh, that's tomorrow, right? So start reading tomorrow, uh, and uh, you can uh, uh, kind of be on track with us. We'll be meeting either by Tuesday night Zoom 
are Wednesdays at 10 a.m. in person here at the church. Uh, so uh, this is the schedule. Uh, you, if you want to join us, get one of these books on your way out today. Also, I'm just going to say this because we said kind of last week to hold off. If you want one and you want to give away one, please take them because we have so many of them uh, that, I mean, on honor, don't t I don't want you to, like we us pastors do at T4G, we have like 20 free books under our things running around. Uh, don't do that. Just take, you know, one or two. If you're going to read one and give one away uh, to, to, to hand those out this week. Uh, but we'd love for you to join us. It should be a simple read, but a, a very profound, encouraging read as we learn about a Christ who loves us. Um, also, outside in the foyer, there are cards blank cards that we would like to send to the Richard family an encouragement on your way out grab a card fill it out real quickly and leave it here we're going to send them out this week so don't take them home with you fill them out right there okay and we want to be able to take them and mail them this week just a word of encouragement so please make sure that you do that as you leave today I do want to say something real quickly. Uh, they, they're not here today because of so many family things that are going on, graduations. We want to celebrate uh, with Milt and Loretta Williamson. They had their 61st anniversary this week. That is a big, amazing thing. Amen. What a, uh, what a commitment to the Lord, to covenant, seeing God's love for one another. So we are thankful for God's special love to them and through each other and what a blessing they are for us all right so for those of you at home thank you for joining us today nobody else moved but for those of you at home god bless thank you for being here today and uh, as we go and transition to the lord's supper so god bless and, and uh thank you for joining us today online at home